listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And we are your resident best friends, Jen and not Jen, here to help you along your relationship journey. Just think of us as your very own little fun fairies that are bringing joy to the process and sprinkling love dust all over the place because we know it takes a village to date and we are your dating community. We bring you this show weekly with our stories, tips, and expert guests to help you navigate the complicated world of dating and relationships. So help us in the podcast world by doing your part and rating our show and leaving comments about what you think. If you want to leave those comments and you're looking for us, you can find us at It's Complicated Podcast. Don't worry. If you just unsubscribe and resubscribe, if you're having trouble getting our episode every week, that should fix the problem. You guys, once you do that, you're going to get all of our latest shows sent right to you. So convenient and not complicated. We're also on Spotify now, so you can find us there too. Easy to share and tell friends that way. It's so helpful, you guys. It shows we have a loyal and growing audience, and we want to bring you fabulous offers, and it just keeps our village running so smooth and nice over here, so contribute to the village. Mm -hmm. Today, we have uh, a couple of great guests contributing to the village, Ashley Zeal and Emily Witcherek. I don't know if I said that right, but maybe she'll tell us when she uh, joins us. They are fashion, travel, and motherhood influencers from the popular website, Two Peas and a Prada. And they're here to discuss why friendships are super important, especially around the holidays, and a guide to gifting for all of the special people in your life. You guys, Emily and Ashley are just like us. They are real-life best friends. They, however, live in two very different cities and lead two very different lives. And when it comes to fashion, they have totally different styles. Despite all their differences, their mutual love of everything having to do with fashion, beauty, and fun has kept them together for many years. They've been best friends since the beginning of high school, so that's a long, long time. Fast forward four years from then, they went on to college together and their fashion styles evolved. Emily went toward her classic East Coast roots with polos, Pulitzers, and pearls. And Ashley went with a more edgy style, never afraid of anything leopard or leather. Both my kind of gals, actually. However, two things always remain constant, their friendship and mutual love of fabulous style. I mean, it just shows opposites do kind of attract a little here, guys, friendship and in relationships. So since their love of fashion and beauty brought them together, they wanted to create a place to share the things they love with other women like us. And in doing so, they created a website where women share things they love with as well. And that's twopeasinaprada.com in case you are curious. So talking about, you know, things that are complicated as we do, um, I went on a coffee date on the other, well, the other day, and it was like, I thought it was going to be super cute and I wanted it to be like very wintry and hallmarky. So I was like, I want hot chocolate. And then he got hot chocolate and I was like, man, this is so cute. We're off to a great start. That does sound cute. I know. And then it got weird. So, um, yeah, no, at one point I said to him, um, well, I told him about the podcast and he was like, oh, what do you talk about? And I said, you know, dating apps, all of the things, relationships, the different phases, yada, yada. You all know listeners because you listen all the time, but he did not. So he then commented about how he just joined Hinge a week before he met me. And I said, funny enough, a girlfriend actually sent you to me because you can share people on Hinge. 
and she thought we'd be a good match. And his response immediately was, what? Why didn't she want to match with me? To which I then oh. asked him a follow-up question. I was like, wait, what? Like, I took it seriously because I was so confused and he said it so deadpan. And then he sort of kept going a little bit with it. And I was like, oh my God, I think he actually means this. Maybe he's just so new to dating apps and being single. I don't know when his last relationship was, but I would imagine he's out of practice given his response to me. But either way, the date ended an hour and a half later and we went our separate ways. Lo and behold, he texted me to ask for another date. And I was like, um, well, I was really put off by your comment about my friend not matching with you. So unfortunately at that moment I was taken out of the date zone and put right into friend zone. So I don't think that that would be a great idea. Thank you though. And it was really a pleasure meeting you. And he said, well, that's disappointing. I make jokes. It's what I do. Cause you just stand up comedy on the side. And he's like, that's unfortunate. And I was like, uh-huh. Bye. Like he could have tried to be a little bit like fix it a little bit more. It's, he didn't say haha joking in the moment and read the temperature and tell that you were kind of like, huh? Or make sure that you, he knew, you knew he was joking because you guys don't know each other. Then if at that point his joke didn't land because hello, you're a fucking comedian. You should know sometimes your jokes don't land. Then he should go back and correct and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have made that joke. I don't really know your humor. I absolutely was kidding. Like I'd love to see you again. Then it could have fixed the problem. Any number of those things. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. But then um, I also spoke with um, an astrologer over the weekend, and she said that I'm not going to be in a committed relationship for two years based on where the moons and eclipses are. But she said, like, committed meaning, like, engaged or married. Like, so that means I have to obviously meet the guy first. So let's backtrack. So then we went back into, like, other things that were occurring in my moons and things. And so supposedly he's coming around March or June. Oh, that's fun. I know. So I'm going to be on the lookout and every guy I meet uh, in March and June will be potentially my husband. Get ready. So they are going to be in for a treat. Okay. So guys, I went to my first Christmas party of the season and uh, Mochi, our resident dog, is not happy about that. No. Um, And it was a friend's Christmas party and I met this woman there and I chatted with her She's been, she was awesome. She's been married for like 30 years. She has three triplet daughters, okay? And listen to this story about how she met her husband. They met, she was engaged and like had just broken off the engagement. She was working in Cape Cod. She was 22 years old and she ran into the current husband at the airport. He like went up to her and was talking to her for a minute and was just like, gave her his business card and she was like working and busy and she put her card, his card in her wallet. Cause this was like 22 years ago or 30 years ago. And like eight months later, she was in LA visiting her sister and her sister, she was emptying her wallet and they were drinking wine. And her sister was like, what is that? And she's like, I, she could like kind of took her a second to recall who it was. And then she remembered this guy she met at the airport and her sister after more wine dared her to call the guy. She called him. He insisted on taking her on a date. He knew it remembered exactly who she was. And then she's like, well, I don't know. I'm kind of busy in LA. I'm looking for a job and I have a job interview. And he said, where's your job interview tomorrow? And she, uh, he said, um, oh, it's in that building. That's the building next door to where I work. So let's definitely go to lunch. They went to lunch and the rest is history. They are legit married for 30 years and have triplets oh that my are like goodness. in their late twenties. And I, I want that kind of story. It's just, it was so nice. She was just talking to me and James, James and I, and she was just like a beautiful energy. And she, it was nice to hear that those stories 
exist and she was just giving great advice. And I think if you're out around the holidays and you're getting, you know, meeting new people and stuff, take advice from people who are like seasoned uh, married couples or have been in great relationships and she was giving great advice and she was just an awesome person to meet. So it was a nice little Christmas present. Love that. That's so wonderful to hear that there's hope for the rest of us. Yes, there is. Oh, good. Well, I've got two years, so I actually could do that same timeline where I meet someone eight months later, we start dating, and then, you know, lo and behold, we're engaged. I love it. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. They're two real-life best friends writing about everything fashionable, fabulous, and fun. Welcome to the show, Ashley and Emily. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. First things first, single, taken, or it's complicated? Okay. Well, this is Emily, and I have been married for um, six years now, six going on seven, so taken. And this is Ashley, and I have been married for six months, and ironically, both of our husbands are named Joe. We love that. You Further complicate everything. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so cute. Okay, so... Emily, what is your favorite part about dating or and or relationships or both? Um, I think so. I actually hated dating. I really, really hated it. And I was kind of like more of like a serial like monogamous um, for most of my life. Like I had serious boyfriends and then my college boyfriend broke up with me on graduation day. It was like such a disaster. I thought my life was ending. Like I thought we were getting married and having babies and that was just like not the case evidently. Um, and then I like dated, um, before I met my husband and I hated dating. Like the whole thing was treacherous to me. Um, so, but I guess my favorite thing about being in a relationship is just that, you know, they're your partner, they're your best friend. Um, they always have your back. Um, I like to joke that like Ashley and I are in a relationship because it's like the same as my husband. <laughs> just we're not married to one another. We're just like business married. But um, I mean, same thing. Just that, that we are 100% each other's biggest champions and all the rest. So how did you guys meet? Um, we actually met on a double date with other people. It's a really funny story. Um, his like best friend at the time saw me on Facebook and was like, um, I want to go on a date with like that girl and told the girl that he was dating at the time. She kind of made the connection. We went on a, a double date and, um, I was kind of like at the date, like, oh, that guy's really good looking. Um, but I didn't like my husband at all at that first meeting. And so <laughs> I thought I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, he's really good looking, but I don't know if I like love his personality. And then after like we, the other guy and I went our separate ways and he and the girl went their separate ways. A year and a half later, we met up again at a bar and it was kind of like immediate attraction. So So it was totally different when you met him the second time. Yeah. And I think that we had run in like similar social circles and gotten to know one another. And I think that he like at a first meeting kind of put on a little bit like of a front and I don't think he was super into the girl that he was seeing at the time. And that kind of like showed, you know, so Love that. Ashley's, Ashley's story is like way better though. Don't worry about it. Ashley, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Emily like wasn't even single whenever like these dating apps even came out. Like she completely missed all of that, all all of the fun that I got to experience. Um, well, I, I thank God for that. I think that that would have just put my anxiety at like an all time high. I don't think I could have handled it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was kind of fun though. It was like right when it started and Tinder was like a, really the only one that was like, an app besides like match.com and Joe was like the first um, and really like only person I ever met from there. But we dated for like 11 months, like very casually before we decided 
to be together. And our first date was actually at a Juicy J concert. Oh my God. And that just kind of, <laughs> and that just kind of like epitomizes like who we still are today. So I love that. I love that you got into the dating apps, like right when it started, there probably wasn't a lot of like content to deal with. And because sometimes it feels like dating apps can be very like, it's like the cheesecake factory menu. There's like so many things to choose from. It's overwhelming. Like you just kind of streamlined, you got in, you got out like, and, and I love that you just met somebody and like went from there. You met on Tinder. Yep. Oh my God. Very old school. I love it. I mean, I know. when it first started, what, there was like, I feel quality over quantity. Now it's just like a cesspool of anybody that has a cell phone. And it's My like, sister, there are so many apps. Like, I don't even know which one I would like, which one is like best anymore. I do like that um, women kind of have a little bit more control now. And like, there are like different apps for different things. So I mean, at least there's variety. I was going to say like my sister, she's married now, but back in the day, Joe and I had gotten married and we were like down in Arizona visiting her. And, um, I was on her, I think, I believe it was Tinder. I have no idea for like five minutes. And I was like, I can't do this. So I commend people who do. And I know that so many great relationships start there, but it is like you, like you said, it is the cheesecake factory for sure. It was nice that you guys had each other alongside through the journey because we always say it takes a village to date and like you cannot, you have to have your friends there for support or advice or to cheer you on or whatever. And so we want to talk about, you know, why we think friendships are super important, especially around the holidays. And, you know, you guys are like expert shoppers and you have great gifting guides. So we want to tap into that for our listeners to share so they can do, you know, kind of emulate your expert shopping, giving guide needs for the special people in their lives. Yeah. So we definitely, I mean, if you go to our blog, um, we have a whole holiday page. Um, we have gift guides for everyone. We have gift guides for your mother-in-law, your husband, um, you know, your kids, your sister-in-law, whoever it may be, there's a gift guide for it. We have like under, under 50, we have under a hundred. So like whatever price point you're looking for. And I think, yeah, it's something Ashley and I have totally curated over the past five years of blogging and um we've been gifting each other for Ashley how long have we been friends now 16 years 16 years yeah so we kind of we have it down to a science I would say for sure okay so speaking speaking of your friendship um we know how you met and became friends how have you managed to remain close from a distance especially 16 years ago like I don't think there was social media then it was a different kind of game in terms of technology so how have you guys managed to remain close so we went to college together in high school. So we were together for like the first like seven or eight years. And then Emily moved back home. We both kind of grew up in Reno, Nevada, and she got a job right away. And then I stayed in the Bay Area. And then we kind of start like we, we still obviously remained friends. And then the blog really kind of kept us, I think, like, you know, we had to talk every single day. And so I think obviously we would be friends without the blog, but it really forced us to stay in constant contact and then I just actually moved home so we're back in the same city for the first time in like 10 years oh my gosh how fun okay so now that you know is there's obviously some good advice in there for people who want to you know remain close with friends and girlfriends that they've met along their like you know adult journey but why do how do those rules apply for like romantic relationships right like if you have a long distance relationship or maybe a partner that travels a lot like what can you extract from your um successful relationship as friends 
that maybe you could use in a potential romantic partnership to keep the distance like from becoming a problem? So, um, I can answer this and Ashley probably can too. Um, my husband and I like spent our, I had a non-compete for work. So we were living in separate cities and I was commuting back and forth every weekend. And so I actually did do a long distance, um, relationship throughout my whole engagement in the first three months of my marriage actually. And, um, I think that instead of like looking at the distance as a negative, you look at it as a positive and say like, this is me having to really hone in on my communication skills and really like setting boundaries and being accountable and like just I think being a respectful partner in business and in relationships is going to get you so far in life, like no matter what you're doing. Um, I know that Joe and I, it was like, at this point when we were doing this, I don't even think location sharing was a thing. So it was like, we had to trust that we were where the other one was saying that we were going to be. And that was, it was never a question. So I think that the same thing like applies in business and relationships, you have to be a trustworthy individual. You have to communicate really well. You have to answer the phone when you say you're going to, and you have to put in the time and the effort. And that isn't anything in life. If you want it to be successful, like it's going to be work and it's going to be hard, but it, you're going to have such a better product, whether it's business or relationship in the end, I think. Um, this actually now, I also think that it kind of forces you to like be independent in your relationship. And I think that that will make you stronger in the end, even though I know sometimes it's like super hard, but kind of forces you to like come into your own and like figure things out and like kind of who you are as a person and I think that is something really important that you have to know before you enter into any successful partnership whether like Emily said it's business it's friendship or it's a relationship so I think that the distance can be seen as like a positive thing as well for sure it sounds like it's also when people say you know you have to put in the work and do the work to have a successful relationship like when you are long distance you actually get to practice that work so all of the things you're saying like you have to make a special effort to have success in a long distance relationship and then also you probably set good standards moving forward in terms of communication and honesty and trust 100%. I think like it's been so nice having Ashley close and obviously moving home to be closer to my husband. That was such an amazing point in our relationship. But I think that you just you look at you look at the long distance as a positive and you turn it into that and you just be the best person that you can be in any like instance in your life and you're going to come out successful in the end no matter what for sure. That's great advice and we totally agree to that. It's definitely transferable those kind of things that you put effort in whether it's romantic or a friendship. It's it's just a good quality to have and it does get you far. And obviously our friends are like just as important as our romantic partners and we personally over here at it's complicated really respect our friends' opinions. So we need to ask you guys like do either of you have some sort of a test that you put your best friend's new partner to when you're first meeting them to like tell if you sort of approve or don't? And then like you can give advice to your friend. Was Did any of that happen when either of you first met the Joes? Um, I think that the biggest thing for me is like accountability and showing up. And so, and I think that it's so funny. That's something that Ashley actually taught me like at a very young age. Ashley is like one of the most honest and accountable people I've ever met in my entire life. And if you're not being honest with her, she's going to call you on it. And it's like, and it's something that I've implemented in, into my life and into my, you know, my personal relationship with Joe. And so if there was, you know, he never messed up on this end, but in the guys that I dated, there were a couple of guys where I was just like, you know, what you're doing in your life isn't aligning with what 
is going on with me. And if you can't say that that's what's going on, then this is not going anywhere. And I think that that's something that Ashley taught me. It's like a true test of a person. It's a true test of a relationship. And if someone can't be accountable to like what they're doing in life or what the reality is, I think that there's not really a place in either of our lives for those kind of people. And that's something that Ashley definitely taught me like probably in high school. And it's something that I still use to this day. So you guys have been friends forever. Now, then you got into your serious relationships and now your marriages. Do you think it's important that people have close friendships even when they're in relationships? A hundred percent. The friendship changes and that's okay. But I also think that you lose yourself if you don't have close friendships. And I think that you always have to make, I mean, I know that Ashley and I both make all of our girlfriends a huge priority, like in our lives. And, you know, I'm constant, we're both constantly doing things with our girlfriends or seeing them or calling and checking in. Ashley's like one of the most like militant people about checking in with our girlfriends that I know. And I just think like, you have to do that because you have to have something for yourself too. And I also think that guys, you know, no one in a relationship wants to feel like they're 100% responsible for the other person. And I also think that it's so nice when you come into a relationship to have people that like have a network and that you, it's, it's like a testament to that person. So I think it's really important. Both of our husbands like encourage it, which I think is like important. I'm like a really big homebody and can kind of get like caught in a trap of like not making any plans. And Joe's like, why do you go to like lunch with like a friend? Or like, he kind of like encourages me to like be that person and keep my friendships because he knows how important they are to me. And Emily's husband is the same way. Yeah. You want a partner that's going to be supportive of that. And it's also fun on the flip side. Like when you meet a guy, obviously you like him and his personality. So you're probably going to like his friends and then his friends become your friends and maybe their girlfriends or boyfriends become your friends too and vice versa. Um, you want to integrate them into your life because then like friendships collide and friendship, like friendship circles grow. And that's fun too for everyone. I totally agree with that. I mean, I met so many people through Joe, like when we first started dating and there's some of my, like some of the girls are my closest friends to this day. So I couldn't agree more. I was going to say it's cool for us because we kind of have networks, you know, in the Bay Area and in Reno. So we have like friend groups everywhere, which is like really fun. That's fun. It's like you go to Vegas and you've got friends and you go to the Bay Area and you've yeah. got friends. It makes your circle smaller because you like can go to different places and like know so many people, but also bigger because you have more places to go and have friends. I think like the fact that we can bop around from state to state and like start friending each other's friends. I, w- I just went to San Francisco and connected two friends that both randomly moved to San Francisco and now we all are friends. So when they come into town, we, everyone's friends. I think they're actually coming to my birthday. So now they're going to meet Lauren, which is great too. I feel like I'm setting up my friends with each other. I think that that's some of the best, those are some of the best relationships too. Like I have two girlfriends that met at my baby shower. They happen to live in the same neighborhood. Now their families are best friends. And it's like, you know, you're just vetting one another and it's, I, I don't know. It's, just one of the most fun parts of life for sure. And speaking of babies and baby showers, so, and relationships changing and friendships changing throughout the course of like a relationship journey from one of your friends. Um, Emily, you have three kids um, and Ashley, you're pregnant with your first. So both of you can answer how have the Joes been during the pregnancy process? I mean, <laughs> Ashley, can, <laughs> Ashley can speak more to this right now because she's going through it 100%. Um, my husband is, I'm just going to preface this by saying my husband is like possibly the best dad. Ashley always talks about what a good dad he is. Um, 
But I think during pregnancy, guys just really don't understand at all what you're going through because they can't because they've never physically been through it. And it's such a huge physical and emotional change um, all at once. And I think that with my first baby, there was just not a ton of sympathy and I was working crazy hours and, you know, Joe was like, why are you so tired? And I'm like, well, I mean, because I have a bowling ball sitting in me. And, um, but I think, you know, as baby number, they see you give birth and then you do it again. And they're like, whoa, that's really wild, you know? And then he, so baby number two and baby number three, Joe had, Joe figured it out. He, he got it. So, but go ahead, Ash. So you're saying there's there's hope. You're saying there's hope for us. (laughs) Yes. It's, um, it's been, it's been hard. And, you know, and like, it's been hard for me too. Like I was not prepared for like the emotions and like everything that I would be going through. And it just kind of, they truly have no freaking clue like what you're going through. And to be honest, I don't either. So I'm like the person who's normally my rock. And I'm like, come on, like help me like act normal. Like I think one night um, I ordered grilled cheese and it came with tomato on it and I threw it across the room and he was like, what is going on? And I'm like, I, you can't explain it. And you're, you're just like not yourself. And I think it's super hard when, you know, they can't like empathize with you or like how hard it is to move around or like, like I'm said, like how tired you are and how uncomfortable it is. And they'll never, ever know, but I'm hoping that, you know, as we go, things will get a little bit easier. Okay. Well, since you both are the queens of shopping and gifting, do you have any gift ideas for expecting fathers who you might not want to throw things at that potentially could help them feel <laughs> like they are more involved in the process? I mean, having the baby? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I really don't know. Like, I feel... I really feel like there's, I mean, there's a ton of great, like, new dad gifts. I think we actually have a, a gift guide of, like, just, you know, new mom, new new baby kind of gift guides on the blog. But there's nothing that can prepare them. You can buy them all the books in the world. Joe didn't pick one of them up. And I hate to say that, but it's, like, they just don't understand until the baby is there. I wish I had a better answer for you than that, but I don't. Well, I mean, I think that's e- even even if you're – a mom, you know, or you've been having experience with kids. Like I was a nanny for ever and ever and ever. And when it's time for me to have my own child, like, I think it's just going to be totally different. You only know when they're like right in front of you and you start going through it and the type of baby you have is either fussy or not. Like it all just depends. So it's sort of like you can prepare and that's smart, but you got to just get in it and do it and like go through it. I'm sure. Yeah, this was like a huge conversation that Ashley and I had. And it was like, I, I went through like a ton of stuff during my pregnancy. I wrote about them. I blogged about them and Ashley started going through them. And she's like, I don't even remember you talking about this because like I wasn't in it, you know? And it's not as, it's not like a selfish thing. It's just like, you just don't get it unless you're in it. Like Ash, right? A hundred percent. I was like, I don't like remember you having like heartburn. I'm like, why didn't you tell me it was so bad? She's like, I did. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I wrote about it. I'm like, no, you didn't. And I went back. I'm like, oh, like she totally did. I'm like, unless you're there, like you don't, you don't know. And I also think like once you have the baby, you kind of like forget a little bit and like you are a little, like, you know, you know what's on the other side of it. So I'm like, truly there's nothing that can prepare you. I don't think I did. I will say I did have my husband kind of talk to his mother and um, his mom, my mother-in-law. And I think that kind of like helped. Helps them to know that I'm not being dramatic. I'm not like that crazy because my husband is actually five years younger than me. And he, his friends are not even like married. They're not even like close to like where he is at um, in terms of like relationships and whatever. 
So he has like no one to kind of turn to. So I'm like, why don't you talk to your mom? And I think that that really helps. Yeah. I mean, validation in some way I'm sure helps. So assuming now we've moved on from them, giving them gifts because they're expecting fathers. What about just in general gifts for him? Let's dive into some of your gift guides. We personally love um, the outside of the box gifts. Like the car vacuum is amazing because they always want a clean car. And that's such a funny thing that they're obsessed with. So that's a great gift. My husband is like he we have three kids obviously our cars look like I mean what you would expect any person's minivan to look like obviously and so like he we don't we don't have a minivan but that's neither here nor there but like there's goldfish everywhere so like for my husband that is like a gift that's going to like make him so excited but like Ashley has um like a Theragun for sore muscles that's a really good one we have a back massager for Amazon that is like the best gift that you can get anyone on your list not just a guy it's like 50 bucks. You plug it in the wall. I use it every single night before bed. I mean, there are so many different gifts. Like we have like silicone loofahs because like some guys are super germaphobes and they don't even know that using a loofah is bad for them. Like, you know what I mean? We just have like little like kind of random things all over the place. I actually would say Yeezys for sure. Um, yeah. Yeezys and sneaker cleaner. I'm a big fan of. Okay. I like that. I think that there, it's like you guys are giving gifts that people would definitely connect to and can relate to like, oh yeah, he's going to want that, but they didn't, couldn't think of it themselves. Like the car vacuum is genius. It's just good. Like I want to get that now. We also don't want people to waste their money. So we want people to get things that they're going to use. Like you're going to use a vacuum. You're going to use a sneaker cleaner. Like I think last year, one of like our highest sellers was like a, it was like a toolkit that people got their husband or it was like a, like a, a car jumper thing. I know that that's not the right word. My husband would kill me, but oh, he like, like picked yeah. it out himself. My oh. husband is also oddly obsessed with our Roomba. Like he loves it and loves that it just happens like overnight. And so <laughs> I mean, same. can't get away from vacuums evidently, but yeah, no. So that's another great gift. Keeping things clean is very sexy. Um, and also, so gifts for like your best friend. We love, and uh, Jen and I usually shop with the rule of thumb, like if I want it for myself, then I know my really close friends are going to want the same thing. Is that a good sort of general rule to follow when you're picking out gifts for your bestie? Like, oh, I love this. So they're going to love it too. I think it yeah. is a good rule of thumb. I also just think it's like good to think about something that they're super into. So like Ashley and I are the same, obviously, but we're very, very different. So like I would not probably get Ashley something with pearls on it, which like would be right up my alley. I'm going to get Ashley like something off white. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, you have to think about what your friend loves. I think it's a great rule of thumb for smaller gifts. So like there are these Amazon slippers that I literally got for every single person in my life because they're amazing and I love them. Um, but like if you're going for a really good gift, that's going to like really pack the punch. I think you have to think about the person. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're going to make note of that for this year. Cause we still have a couple shopping days left. Now, what about you both have, you know, kids or kids on the way. What about gifts for teachers? Like, is there anything that's off limits and in, or inappropriate or like, where would you direct people go to start if, especially if they don't know the teacher? Cause like, don't you get different teachers every year? I was a teacher for four years. So I will, I've gotten all kinds of gifts, some amazing, some, you know, kind of crazy. I honestly, this is just me. I hate it when people brought me baked goods, A, cause I had the sensation of eating it and B, like so much of it got wasted because so many people would bring it. Um, so I always say like, don't bring them any kind of like food that can like go bad. So like Starbucks gift cards are great. Emily mentioned that massager earlier. That would have been like amazing. 
Christmas break is like the, like the most relaxing and important time of year for teachers because they truly can like refresh. So I always say like a self-care item, like eye masks or a candle or a mug or anything that will just make them feel like appreciate it and like help them relax over the break. Yeah. Those are great. Like we, I mean, I, sometimes well, I think why, like I think of relaxing and I'm like, Ooh, a glass of wine would be nice. But like, is it inappropriate to buy like wine for a teacher? I think I've, I've gotten wine. I've it. gotten wine. And it's cute. I just, I always run it by Ashley. And like this year, my kids teachers, like I literally am making nine teacher gifts. They're getting the Amazon slippers. They're getting like a amazing, holiday scented candle they're getting an $18 mini back massager and it's all going in like a little care package for them and I think like I I mean wine is great if you want to and I've seen some people on Pinterest like make the cutest little wine bottles with like thank you for dealing with my kid five days a week wine bottles you know I think that that's hilarious and cute but like I also think you can do something that's like they're gonna take care of themselves with it and feel like a little bit more treated than a bottle of wine but it's it is appropriate yeah, maybe a little more general and less like adult specific. Although I'm sure they would appreciate the wine. Um, and speaking of kids too, I always feel like when buying presents for a kid, like obviously there's so much developmental stages that happen between like baby and toddler and then like getting into tween and things like that. So it's like what they're going to like one minute, they're not going to like the next. There's so many changes. So what is a good way to sort of direct people to get something like, you know, you said you don't want people wasting their money and obviously kids grow out of things like it's going to happen, but how, what are good gifts for kids that like maybe will last a long time or you just don't feel like you're buying it. They're going to play with it once and then it's going to get tossed. So I have like a couple of gifts that I think are always so good. We have a gift guide for kids two to seven and it's really comprehensive and people shop from it every single day. It's awesome. Um, but I think like any gift that, that, you know, facilitates learning is fantastic. Um, my mom got my kids like an art easel that has like a chalkboard on one side and then paper on the other so that they can get creative and like get in there and do things. I think anything that are like building blocks, like, I mean, straight up like old school Lincoln logs are amazing. Um, anything where they can build or like that steam, um, based are fantastic. Um, Kiwi crates are really great one there. It's like a subscription box and you can sign the kids up for it and they do activities that like, you know, are like science engineering, um, math, like those things are based on those principles. And then just like other things that kids really love. I put it on the gift guide this year. They're really, they're like these weird plush animal toys. And I don't know why kids are obsessed with them. I get them for all of my friends. Kids are called squish mallows. FYI. Yeah. My my husband's daughter is obsessed and she's 10 and I don't, I have no, it's so weird. Yeah. Okay. Well now, so these are all really amazing items, but what if you were on a budget this year and you can't like spend a lot on the different people in your life, but you want to give them something. Is there like any sort of budget item you can recommend or something everybody can make that might be a great gift to give? What do you think, Ash? I'm like, we are like big, big, big Amazon people. We have like a million Amazon suggestions. Like the silicone loofah is like one of our favorite things. Um, the Amazon foot file, it seems like a weird gift, but everyone would use it. We have like a coin necklace that's under $20 that people are like obsessed with, like one of our top sellers always. And there's always something like cute and thoughtful that you can give someone. Amazon velvet scrunchies, it comes in like literally a pack of like, I think there's 40 in there. So you can like break them up and give them to your girlfriend. We love things that you can like buy and split up. So any kind of like set of things like 
you know, scrunchies or those like cute pearl hair clips or anything like that. And it's like so cheap and thoughtful, just like put it with a card and it's perfect. That's a great idea because you save on shipping too. Like you could get a set of bath bombs and then you could like divvy those like spa items or things like that. That's actually a great thing to think about. So we should look for things that like come in a set and then those things are just cute little gift things. You can put it with a card, you can put it with one other item and it's like a really inexpensive present, but you took thought. We also have an amazing sugar cookie recipe like on the blog and it makes literally like 60 cookies. And so- you can make those too. That's like another thing. And it's literally under $10 to make the whole recipe. So, and that's a great gift for like the host or hostess. Cause then you're contributing to what they're already doing. Exactly. Love. And now, okay. How do you feel about white elephant parties? Are they overdone? Are they cheesy? What do you think about them? It's like one of our most, like uh, we get a DM like gift requests every day. And I feel like the most the one we get the most often is a white elephant. And I'm not kidding you. If I were going to a white elephant party this holiday season, I would bring our Amazon foot file. It is our number one best-selling item by units sold like by far on the blog. And we get people raving about it constantly. It literally looks like a cheese grater on your feet. And it is the most disgusting thing in the entire world. But like people don't have them. Everyone needs them. Like Lord knows in the summer, I'm always like, you need a file, you need a file. But like, it is like, that is what I would bring if I was going. I don't like white elephant gift parties. Like for the most part, I just want to go to a Christmas party and not sit there and watch everyone exchange and steal. But if you're into that kind of thing, bring the foot file. I agree. Watching the gift exchanging and stuff, it like can get a little redundant, but that is a great idea to get something that's like kind of funny or slash disgusting, but like totally useful. That's like a really, really good parameter to follow when looking for white elephant because it's so hard for sure and it's super inexpensive I just always feel like at white elephant gifts it's like you've had the Christmas party and then the white elephant part starts way too late and then you're leaving like at like one o'clock and you're like what just happened I don't know the last two hours of my life were wasted watching people open crap and I didn't want to do it so okay and I we agree and one last question because I personally love this type of a gift and some people have very specific opinions on it. What do you guys think about gift cards? Like a lot of people think they're impersonal or they lack creativity. Like it's not a creative gift. I love them because then I'm like, oh my God, I can go to Nordstrom and buy whatever I want. In fact, I went to a white elephant and got a $50 Nordstrom gift card and I seriously almost cried. I was so excited. So like, and I get that's different. It's white elephant. Like said, it came from someone random, but like, I wouldn't care if Jen gave me a gift card. I'd be so pumped. Like, what do you guys think about that? I lose them personally. And so that it's not that I don't like them. It's that I either forget to use them carry them around for so long and I like forget I have them switch purses and they just kind of disappear so unless it's like in my email it's just for me it doesn't work personally I don't think it's like a bad gift to give if a person appreciates it but if you're like me it just isn't gonna work and I I totally agree with Ashley I however there is a caveat like I do think that giving a gift card to like a local restaurant is a great idea because then you're like shopping small and it's an experience that you're giving someone. So I think that that is a great like gift card idea. But That's I agree. Really fun. It's an experience and they can obviously put more money toward it if they want, or like you're introducing them to something they might not have been or treating them to a dinner. So it's like a really, I think, fun and different kind of gift versus like to maybe a clothing store or whatever, like 
how many sweaters does a person need? All of them, in my opinion. Okay, but no, me too. I get. But I also, <laughs> also need to eat, so yes, that's true, cool. True, I like that. That's, that's <laughs> some great. of our. Some, I will say though, some of our best wedding gifts were like vacations to like um, local like uh, hotels or like Emily said, like a a dinner at a nice restaurant. So like that is totally different than like you know a ten dollar gift card to Starbucks. Right. Right. Absolutely. So it's definitely like the it's the quality versus like the amount or like just putting no thought into it. Correct. Well, thank you both so much for all this helpful advice. We are going to make sure everyone can find your gift guides in the description of this podcast so everyone can get to shopping because we do, again, have a couple days left. Um, so remind everyone also where they can find you on social media. Okay. So you can find us on Instagram. We're just, um, two peas and a Prada. And there are like, there are a couple people that have very similar handles. So you'll know it's us by our little, we have a little black and white photo of the two of our faces in the corner. And then you can find us on, um, the web at www.twopeasinaprada.com. And then we have Pinterest, um, Twitter, everything else and and on Facebook as well. Awesome. You guys, thank you so much. Everyone listening, follow. You probably already are, but there's so much useful information. We barely even tapped into it, but thank you again for all your tips. And everyone listening, do not forget to tune in next week for an all new episode where we talk more dating and relationship stuff with our guest, Rachel from the Hallmarkies podcast. And don't forget to join the class of master daters. Follow us on social media at Complicated Show and It's Complicated wherever you get your podcast. Rate, comment, tell a friend. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets and you can follow me at jennifer golden on all the social meets as well and we'll be back next week love Love you long time. time you're listening to it's complicated with your hosts jennifer golden and lauren leonelli 